Welcome to Vacation Buzz. My name is Mike Miller with Freedom to Roam Travel. This is your podcast for travel headlines, tips, reviews, and more. Hello and welcome to Vacation Buzz. I hope everyone had a great 4th of July. I know I did. I just relaxed and uh, played some yard games and hung out by the pool with family, so that was great. Um, This week, we are going to talk about considerations when planning your European cruise vacation. There are some differences when you plan a European cruise opposed to something like a Caribbean cruise. Uh, But first, though, let's talk about some news stories. Uh, JetBlue recently announced a new route to the Caribbean. Beginning November November of this year, 2023, you can fly JFK nonstop to St. Kitts. In addition, JetBlue has announced nonstops to London, Paris, and Amsterdam from New York. Celebrity Cruise Line announced that they are raising the daily gratuity fee effective July 11th, 2023. The increase will be based on the type of cabin you have. So if you're in an interior, ocean view, or balcony stateroom, you go from $17.50 per day per person to $18 per day per person. So about a 50 cent increase there. Concierge and Aqua class go from $18 to $18.50 per day per person, so another $0.50. The big jump is uh, those that are in the retreat. They will see an increase from $21 to $23 per person per day, so that is a $2 jump. So that is a big jump there. Now, this does not apply to those that are doing the all-included package, as gratuities are included with that. Also does not apply to those who booked the retreat, concierge, or aqua class after July 14th, 2022. You can prepay gratuities, but actually I think you had to do that by July 11th, which that's today. So, um, But it, not much of an increase, but you know that can add up on the longer cruises. This is actually the second time they've uh, increased gratuities this year. So not sure why, but yeah, we do see that sometimes. Over the 4th of July weekend, the airlines and TSA saw record-breaking numbers of travelers. On Friday, June 30th, TSA screened over 2,883,000 passengers, breaking a record from the Friday after Thanksgiving of 2019. Of course, that was pre-pandemic. Since May, TSA has screened over 2 million passengers a day, so travel is definitely back despite those delays. Last week, the the Ruby Princess struck the pier in San Francisco after returning from an Alaska voyage. The ship received minor damage and no passengers were hurt. Some even said they didn't, didn't even realize it had happened. The ship was delayed in departing for the next cruise until Sunday afternoon and will do a modified itinerary of seven days rather than the ten. Passengers who choose to cancel received a full refund, and those who continued on received a 75% refund of their cruise fare. So this is something that does happen. Sometimes you'll see these, these minor accidents From what I understand, the damage was very minor. They were able to fix it in in 24 hours. So uh, no dry dock required. They could do it all right there at the pier. 
Uh, Carnival has upgraded their Wi-Fi. So in January of this year, Carnival announced the addition of Starlink Internet to their fleet of Carnival and Aida Aida ships, A-I-D-A. Never can pronounce that correctly. Uh, This week, brand ambassador John Heald updated on what ships in the Carnival Cruise Line fleet have received the upgrade. Of course, Carnival Celebration and Mardi Gras were upgraded when, when they were built. Jubilee will be the same thing. And other ships that have it now are Vista, Sunrise, Sunshine, Elation, Panorama, Pride, Benizia, and Magic. Of course, more ships will be upgraded as we go through the year. Now, I've experienced Starlink on Mardi Gras as well as on Royal Caribbean and it's a serious upgrade. Um, I think you see a, a much faster um, speed now than we did in the past. It, one of the things that I noticed was I was able to actually stream uh, Netflix, uh, and it it worked very well. So I was very happy with it. So I think you'll be happy with it as well. So those are the news stories this week, and we are going to jump into what to consider when planning your European cruise vacation in just a moment. All right, so we're going to talk about what to consider when planning your European cruise vacation. So Europe, like Alaska, is one of the most popular destinations for cruising, but also, like Alaska, much different from the Caribbean. So let's take a look at what you need to consider when planning that European cruise vacation. So we're going to start out with itinerary choices. So for the most part, you have a choice between Northern Europe, Eastern or Western Mediterranean, the Baltic, or river cruising. Uh, so those are usually your main choices. Uh, you can also do the Greek Isles um, if you're on, say, Celestial or somebody like that. So there are other options, but those are the main th- main choices you're going to look at. So for Northern Europe, your choices can be the British Isles, including England, Scotland, and Ireland. Uh, the Baltic, which is usually Germany, Holland, or Lithuania. And more plus... Norwegian fjords, which has a focus, of course, on Norway. Now, in the Mediterranean, you have a choice between Eastern and Western Med. And the longer cruises, you can usually do both. Now, Eastern Mediterranean will often include cities in Italy like Rome, Naples, Venice, Palermo, Florence. Um, Also, in, in Croatia, you might stop in Spit or Dubrovnik. Ephesus, I believe is the way it's pronounced, in Turkey, um, as well as the islands of Greece like Mykonos and Santorini. Now for Greece, as I mentioned earlier, you can also sail a line like Celestial, uh, who specialize in Greece, allowing you to get kind of more in-depth in those in those islands, and you're there a little bit longer. I think that a lot of Celestial cruises, you're there into the evening. So you get to see that sunset over the Greek Isles, which is definitely something on my bucket list. Now, the Western Med will also have stops in Italy. Um, you know, it kind of Italy's that mid, midway point between the two. 
Um, but on the Western, you're also going to have stops like Barcelona, uh, Cadiz, uh, Palma de Mallorca. Um, you're going to have stops in France like Marseille and Cannes. Um, there are just so many options uh, when looking at cruising Europe. There's just no way to get it all in. Now, I will tell you that these itineraries can be very port intensive, especially in the med. Uh, you're not going to have two or three business, excuse me, two or three sea days on these. You're going to have um, maybe one sea day. You might have two in the longer cruises, but primarily you're going to have, um, you know, uh, all port days. So you're going to be in a port every day. So something to consider is it is going to be, uh, you know, quite busy. Now the itineraries typically run seven to 10 to 12 to maybe 15 days, uh, depending on the itinerary. You can also do Europe where you do a transatlantic and you do parts of Europe. So there's a lot of, a lot of really good options there. Now, one of the other options I mentioned was consider was river cruising. So if you want to immerse yourself into the destination, consider taking a river cruise. Um, most cities in Europe, like here in North America, were built from the river out. So more of the historic sites will be found in close to those rivers. You can cruise in the Netherlands, Austria, Germany, France, Hungary, and Switzerland. Um, you can cruise the Rhine, the Seine, the Dan and the Danube, as well as you know additional rivers as well. So lots of options to choose from. Now, when you cruise uh, the rivers of Europe with cruise lines like Viking, Uniworld, uh, Ama Waterways, uh, your cruise will usually include excursions, uh, beer and wine at dinner, and really all meals, plus amazing accommodations. Um, you know, plus, you know, the experience is so much different from the big cruise lines like Royal and Holland and Princess. These ships only hold 100 to 150 guests allowing for easy debarkation and again more immersion into the uh into the ports itself um you know remember that these are smaller ships a lot of them are flat boats so they can get under bridges go through the um the the canals and things like that so you're going to see uh you're not going to see the the uh the experiences you're going to have on the big ships. You're not going to see the water slides and the pools and all that stuff. I believe some of them do have pools, but they're very small and it's, it's more about the destination. Now, number two, where to begin your cruise. Now, where to begin your cruise can be important. Uh, you can base this on the destination you're most excited about seeing. So for example, in the med, um, if you have a focus on Rome, and it's one of the places you want to really visit, you'll want to begin or end your cruise there. So you can fly in a few days before, see Rome, and then take the cruise, or vice versa, stay a little bit longer after your cruise. And the reason for that is the, the stop in Rome on the itineraries, you are about 45 minutes to an hour from Rome. So you're going to spend a lot of time traveling and you're just not going to get to see as much as you might like. So, you know, if you're wanting to do Barcelona, same type thing. If that's somewhere you want to see, start your trip in Barcelona so you get to see more. Um, 
you know, that's just, you know, something you want to consider. Same thing with if you're going out of, uh, you want to do Northern Europe, you're going to do Southampton, fly into London a few days early and, and spend some time seeing that. Now, people ask, when is the best time to go? Well, cruising Europe goes pretty much year round. But of course, the busiest, as with most any destination, is going to be the summer. So unless you are held to the summer by the kids, you know, you have to take the kids with you or um, you want to take them with you, you know, try going during the fall. Uh, the crowds are a little bit less during that time frame. So try that to see if you can uh, uh, maybe have a little bit of experience where it's not as crowded and uh, the, the ships aren't loaded with kids. Because believe it or not, you do see a lot of kids, uh, not as many as you would as the Caribbean, but you do see a lot of kids on these itineraries. Lastly, we'll talk about the cruise line and the ship. So picking your cruise line and ship for a European cruise can be based on a few factors. First off, itinerary. Does the ship or line have an itinerary that you wish to do? Uh, are you if you're wanting to do round trip Rome or round trip Barcelona or you want to go all the way from Rome to Greece or Barcelona to Greece? Uh, do the what cruise line is going to have that itinerary? A lot of times when you're cruising Europe that's going to be one of the first things you look for compared to say when you're in the Caribbean, you're kind of looking at the ship or the cruise line. Does the ship have the activities that you want, especially if you are taking kids? So if you're taking kids with you that are going to want to have a lot to do, then something like Royal Caribbean or Norwegian might be a better option for you than say Holland America. So it really depends on what your and what activities the adults want to do. Um, if you want to have on that sea day and you're going in the middle of the summer, you want to have those water slides and all of that, then you know Norwegian, Royal Caribbean, Carnival are going to be uh, good options for you. Um, does the does the cruise line go in depth? So, for example, Princess, you know, they partner with Discovery and Animal Planet, so their excursions are based on that. Um, you know, both Princess and Holland America, they tend to um, cater to an older crowd, so you're going to see more wine and food excursions or visits through excursions to UNESCO sites. Uh, so you're going to see a little bit more in depth with them. You're going to see, um, I believe both Holland America and Princess will have lectures on board, uh, where they'll bring on historians and, and people that know the areas that you're going to. And of course, if you want to really get in depth and doing something like Viking or, uh, even the river cruises, then you're even getting more in depth into that destination. <clears throat> so those are kind of the options uh, to choose from, and, and you know you can, you've got other options. You've got uh, MSC as well that does that does Europe. Of course, they specialize in Italy because they are an Italian line. So those are really the factors that you want to take into account when you're looking at the cruise line and the ship. And those are the considerations that you want to, um, you know, have when you're looking at doing a European uh, cruise vacation. 
there are of course more more things that we can talk about when we're ready to start looking at a European cruise. Let me know. I can start helping you out with that. We can line you up with the right ship, line you up with the right itinerary, um, the right excursions. We're going to get you set up to make that make that trip, uh, whether it's a I've go every year or if it's a I'm just trying to check off a box on my bucket list. Uh, we'll make sure that it gets done the right way. So that is, uh, that's it for today and this week. Uh, again, if you need any assistance with your travel, just let me know. My contact information is in the show notes. And you guys have a great week. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of Vacation Buzz. Be sure to subscribe and leave me a comment. For assistance with your travel needs, email me, Mike, at freedomtoroamtravel.com. My contact info is in the show notes. Have a fantastic week and keep cruising.